Maker Series Part 1 Life Probe. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Primer. This one is a great story. I'd begun reading the second novel of the series as a teenager before realizing that it was a second part, so I put it aside and forgot about it for years and just recently remembered it, so I just finished rereading the series, or reading it, and uh, boy am I glad I picked it up again. The story involves alien technology that arrives into the solar system, humans aren't quite prepared for it, and various factions fight for control and argue about whether to destroy it outright. The world is governed by an offshoot of the United Nations. As well, there are asteroid miners out in the far reaches called belters that are integral to the story. The alien tech opens up interstellar travel to us humans, which we don't quite understand and a star that we travel to contains the remains of a departed civilization where we discover more advanced alien technology. Now, I know what you're thinking. He's talking about the Expanse. Well, in fact, I'm not. But there are so many parallels here that it is worth noting. No, this is the Maker series by author Michael McCollum, released in two parts in 1983 and then in 1985. Now, I'm not suggesting that the story of The Expanse was lifted from Life Probe, more that literature itself heavily borrows from other literature and always has. As the number of books I read increases, I'm becoming more aware of this fact. Like when watching Game of Thrones, I remember thinking, oh, there's some Robert E. Howard over there, and here's some H.P. Lovecraft over here, and look, there's some Michael Moorcock. In fact, there's quite a, quite a bit of that. Read the Elric series and you'll never look at the Targaryens the same way again. Also note how Child Roland to the Dark Tower came by Robert Browning inspired a whole slew of fairy tale, science fiction, and fantasy fiction and itself was inspired by a line in Shakespeare. It all f forms this web of cross-pollination. Now back to our topic. The story starts with a complement of two belters mining the asteroid field. That's why I'm opening up this episode doing some mining in the game simulation. The belter miners photograph a flash of high energy photons while prospecting in the asteroid belt. They send the data to the authorities and promptly forget about it, as they're preoccupied with finding a mother load that can save them from financial ruin. While the flash of light wasn't from within the solar system, which the authorities soon discover, and it is beyond the color spectrum of any propulsion technology known to science. The source is an alien probe entering the solar system. A highly advanced civilization had been trying uh, for years to discover the secret of faster-than-light travel, and sent these probes all over the galaxy to try to find it. The probes would contact advanced civilizations and exchange knowledge with them in the hopes that their combined science could reveal the secrets. Humanity had just barely reached the cusp of being advanced enough for the probe to drop into the solar system for a chat. Now I really like how the author describes the thought processes of the alien artificial intelligence within the probe from its own perspective. It really does come across as alien, but almost alive at the same time. For instance, it protects itself from the insane boredom of interstellar travel by effectively being shut down for most of the trip and only coming awake when a non-intelligent computer on 
board the probe uh, discovers signs of a spacefaring civilization. The probe studies human psychology from our broadcasts and models another independent AI within itself to communicate with us as an interpreter. While eventually the belters who initially discovered the flash of light get embroiled in the story with the government and military authorities sent to make first contact with the probe, various factions of the world government are in disagreement about the probe's intent and whether its tech is too dangerous and a war breaks out over it making the probe second-guess its decision to drop in in our neck of the galaxy. I won't spoil the details, but suffice to say that it doesn't end well for everybody involved. However, we humans recover from the situation somewhat and agree to honor our deal to look for a source of faster-than-light technology for the probe's artificial intelligence. For you see, as the alien probe entered our solar system, from beyond, it had discovered a source of Cherenkov radiation emanating from the star Procyon. So near and yet so far. Cherenkov radiation is what you get when a particle moves faster than light in a medium. You can't move faster than light in a vacuum, but particles can go faster than the slower speed of light in water, for instance. And when they do, they emit this radiation. That's how neutrino observatories work, for instance. A humanity creates an, an enormous cylindrical generation ship with centrifugal gravity to take us to Procyon, and that is the second book in the series and the end of this episode. I'll leave you with a view of one of the generation ships floating around in this space sim. Uh, bye for now, and do pass word about my channel if you like this kind of content. Subscribe to let me know of your interest, and I will be posting the sequel Procyon's Promise in my next installment.